And that's one of the reasons why I went to therapy is because I didn't want to project my trauma onto yeah. my kids. And I think so many people don't even realise in it, but you're parenting from a place of trauma. Grownish, smartish, British. We are British, apparently. Yeah. Are we ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> it's rolling, by the way. This is all is in. It, is it all in? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. All yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. Great way to start. Let's go. Absolutely. Um, Aaron, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Do you know how many times people have asked me, they're like, when are you going to have the Raising Boys to Men guy on your show? Seriously. Literally, I've had parents approach me who I didn't know watch my pod yeah. going, you should sit with him, you know, even people from the gym. And I'm just like, I'm not going to lie to you. I sit in his DMs and he don't add me. Shamelessly, I admit to it. You know what? I delete like pretty much. If it goes in the request folder, delete it all. But like, that's like literally every single person that you're not following. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much to like, you know what? I always used to get like, I always used to think when you're messaging a celebrity, yeah, surely they must see it. Like, why would they just air people? Like, they're going out of their way to air people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you see like a hundred or whatever in your request, it's like, I don't want to pick and choose. Let me just delete it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I feel you, I feel you. But look, we're here. We're here, yeah. So that's, do you know why we're here? Why are we here? Because I, I lowered my ego and my pride and I hollered at you again. Yes, you did, you did. <laughs> and I appreciate that. But I was already on the radar by that point. You'd already, I think, liked a couple of my bits. And I was just like, it's cool. You're too nice to follow. It's cool. No, you know what that shows? Consistency. See? Your consistency allowed you to come into my vision. There we go. I appreciated you. Okay. So then when you reached out again, it just timing. made more sense. Yeah, it made God's more sense. God's timing. Because I shouted you literally in October and I'm just like, the airtime is so real. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, watch, I see him in the gym. Because we, we went to the same gym for a very long time. I didn't time. know that until you told me. Because yeah. I looked different <laughs> when I was in the gym. <laughs> I had to send you like, yeah, this is like, yeah, I recognise you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's all good. Still gym life though. Gym life has had a pause. I, I, I have a friend called Jim. Okay. But I went from, basically, I went to gym in seven days a week for two years straight because my dad passed away and that was my way of dealing with grieving Mm. I was like if I don't go I'm going to jab someone in the throat like literally and then um, I got married recently (laughs) and the happiness is taken he goes to the gym all the time okay but he does it some next hours and I'm just like soon come in it is that when you're ready go gym in it because he's here to support me he's like I like you as you are but if you want to because he knows how important it is I, I, I talk about gym all the time yeah yeah and every single person's like, Hebs, you motivate me to go gym. You, you made me start going gym. And now I'm just like, don't look at me. Can I ask a question? Go ahead. I know, I know it's me asking the first question. No, you're yeah. welcome to. You said that that was like a coping mechanism. Mm. Yeah. What replaced it? Um, my husband. Like okay. literally like a sense of like, I don't have to always be on edge. And he was like my peace and like someone that I can confide in every now and then. I think it just removed a lot of weight that mm. I had. Like no I was dealing alone. No yeah, well, it, it didn't remove any weight. It gained the weight. <laughs> God damn. But anyway, we move. We move. We're here today, and yeah. that's what matters. Mm. Um, obviously, you do. your father. To two. To two. You're an advocate of co-parenting. Yes. Um, and you actually sit with your son. Um, is he your eldest? My eldest, yeah, Amari. Yeah, and 15. you and you have conversations together, which I think is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and today I just wanted to learn a bit more about you because you do a lot of talking for other people and you yeah. kind of try to break things down and just normalize certain conversation, which I think is needed. Mm. Um, but I kind of just wanted to dig deeper into who Aaron is and what you stand for and where you kind of 
what shaped you into the person that you are today to why you're now holding these conversations. And I think that's one of the reasons why I was so like, when you reached out, I was like, yeah, because yeah, you're different. And I'm not here just to, to gas you up or anything, but I said to you, I said, your approach, the way you handle it, and what I like the most, mm. you're solo. Yeah. A lot of platforms I go on, there's that two, two hosts or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, you do this on your own. So this is my first season alone. So before that, I used to want other people around me. Like, A, they're incredible people. Mm. But I just felt like I couldn't do it alone. Like, I was just like, ah, that's a lot of pressure. Confidence. Yeah, 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 mm. 100%. It's taken me a lot to build my confidence and like, just knowing that, okay, Hebs, like a lot of people watch because of you, accept it, own yeah. it, and you're the most passionate person. Just run with it. And I just took a leap and... We're now 20 episodes in. Look at that. <laughs> so I start every single episode with your favorite quote. Yes. Can you please share your favorite quote at the moment and tell me why? I will. One of my favorite quotes is, you can't change those around you, yep. but you can change who you choose to be around. Okay. And the reason why that hits home for me is because, especially in relationships, sometimes we focus so much on mm. if they would just do this, if they would just do that. If we can change them, then they'd be perfect they're not gonna change. Yeah. And if they are gonna change, that's on them. It's not on me to change ready. someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can choose whether or not I, I wanna be around that person or not. So if I focus on what I can do, yeah. rather than what they can do. And also what you're willing to accept. So if you're being very particular about the things that you want a person to change, if it's not like massive toxic issues, but rather than just like, particulars, oh, I'd appreciate if he bought me flowers or da da da. It's like even make peace at this person overall is a great person and can I let go of this small thing and can I adapt to that or do I just need to let it go because I can't change you I can't force you to like speak my language by force you know what I think if we go deep yeah I mm. think a lot of people get into new relationships based off of their old relationships 100% so they don't quite know what they actually want mm -hmm. they just know what they were missing before mm. and now they seek that when in reality that was never really important Yeah, it's just that you never had it in your last so relationship so you're highlighting it so you're highly so it, now yeah, you're yeah. attracted to that and that draws you in rather than what you actually needed in the first place that i think that comes to like love languages and how love language also adapt like i don't know whether you believe in love languages and stuff i think it's very important yeah i actually talked to amari about this wicked yeah there yeah, we yeah. go because i feel like for me it's like also your love language continuously changes as you evolve as a person so when i was younger like i just i think for me it was always like um quality time and um, words of affirmation. And it kind of reflects on my childhood because I didn't get yeah. words of affirmation growing up from my parents. They never, their love language was, I'll cook for you, I'll provide for you. Mm. And then when I got older, I hate receiving gifts because my mum hated receiving gifts. And now I, I like acts of service and I've accepted, I like receiving gifts, but as long as I'm not putting you out, like don't, I'm not the kind of girl that goes, where's my this, where's my that? It's, I appreciate the thought process that you actually thought, Do you mm. know what, Heb's like, I know you like this. I remember you mentioning you needed this and I bought it for you. So it's no kind of- No matter how big or small. No matter how, mm. like to me, it can be like chewing gum. Like we literally were in Sainsbury's queuing up and you thought, Do you know what? I know she needed gum. Let me just grab some. Mm. And I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> I don't care about no bags. I don't care about, it's not about the money. It's about the, you looked at me, you paid attention and you took note to like, you know, this is what makes me happy. See, to me, I think quality times, it's mad because me, me and my son both did it and you can mm. do it, like, the teenagers can do it. Yeah, yeah. Both of us were quality time. And I think the second one was words of affirmation. So to know that yeah. me and my son have the same kind of love language. That's amazing. Is, is mad. And our least was gifts. 
Yeah, mine was always being gifts, and yeah, yeah. only recently, I've, it's, it's not my top, but it's 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 in the middle somewhere, and that's something before I rejected wholeheartedly because my mum just rejected. She was like, "Don't spend money on me," and that's like me. I, I spend on my I spend on other people, but never on myself. I'm the same. <laughs> there we go. So yeah. then, when it comes to receiving gifts, I'm like, mm, "Did it put you out? Because if it put you out, return it right now." And I just like Hebs, I bought it for you to accept it, and I'm like, "But if it's gonna stress you out financially for the next month, mm. I don't want it. I'd rather you just like cook for me instead." You know what I struggle with when it comes to gifts is feeling like I owe someone something. It's that feeling for me. Like It's a shame though, but I feel you. Mm, like you're, not that you're keeping score, but I, it just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. there has to be a balance somehow. Yeah. But I think if you're with the right person or the right people, whether it's family members or, or relationship, they don't, they're not paying attention. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're reciprocating energy in a different way that they're yearning. Because the love languages, it's all down to, this is what you want to receive, but that's not how another person wants to be treated. Mm. So as long as you're fulfilling them and you're filling that void that they're yearning for, it might just be quality time. It might just be, you know, acts of service because they've never had someone provide that kind of acts of service. 100%. They don't care about the gifts because they can own their own gifts. Like it's like giving a rich man gift. It's like, well, no, I need something else like beyond the gift. You know what I think? Mm. Not diverting too much, but <laughs> I think one of the things that would have helped me in previous relationships mm. more than love languages, I don't know if there's a term for it, but like conflict languages. Okay, yeah. Because if me and you are together, right? Mm. You might deal with conflict in a completely different way to me. 100%. So we argue, you might be like, I need us to talk to sort it out, right? And I'm like, I need 20 minutes. Give me some time to breathe and I'm good. Yeah. But if you don't understand that, you're gonna get worried by me taking that time. But if we can understand each other, it helps us come that to that. That takes a lot of growth and self-reflection because I literally just spoke about this. I had a, a four-part series of Maya's Minutes podcast where she spoke about my journey mm. from being married to divorce, to co-parenting, to being remarried in a blended family. And I spoke about how like understanding that when someone needs space, like don't see it as being dismissed. Mm -hmm. Like, and then that's the issue. Like when you start understanding everyone just talks a different language, 100. the sooner you respect it and come to a compromise, the less stress and strain you're putting on a relationship. Cause you're thinking, Ra, you're walking away from me. You must not love me. You must not care about me. Mm -hmm. You're about to end it. You're about to quit. And it's just like, well, no, they just need to like woosa before they jab woosa. themselves in the throat or someone else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so no, it's true, it's facts. That's, and that's it. Um, so my quote of the day is life is a beautiful struggle. And that's a Talib Kweli quote um, from okay. back in the day. Most uh, definitely. There, there we go. Yeah. And to me, it meant a lot because when you look at life, life is beautiful. Some people go, no, it's not a struggle. But for me, I accept there's constant struggles and obstacles. There's beauty behind the struggles. The struggles don't have to have scars. Um, and any scars that you do build, they heal and shape you differently mm. to who you are today. And that's usually a better version of yourself in most likely situations. So I think for me is accepting that life will come with struggles, but it's like choosing to put beautiful on it rather than saying life is just painful. Life is a struggle. Life is just challenging. It's like a negative mindset. So it's just choosing to change that narrative. I guess it's welcoming those struggles because that's mm. where you grow. That's the 100%. beauty in it is the growth. Yeah. Every one of us has had bad days, but we're still here. That's it. And we've grown from it, learned from it and adapted. So yeah, I love that. Appreciate it. So. Growing up, sir. Growing up. The part's yeah. called Growing Up British. Okay. And it's about growing up as ethnic minorities in the UK and like obviously culture, faith and how it shapes us. What was your family set up? Basic, me and Mumsy. Okay. Um, 
it was my white side. So my dad's black, Jamaican, mm. my mum's white, English. And um, yeah, my, cut a long story short, I am the result of my dad stepping out on his family, mm. having an affair. Okay. I was the result of that. Him non- not wanting to admit that and keep that side of the family happy. Yeah. Leaving me and my mum to kind of get along with it. Um, so yeah, I was raised by my mum. I'd say my nan. Yeah. My auntie played a bit of a role. Female dominant. And then what did love look like at home between your parents? Obviously between your mum and your nan towards you as well. Um. That's a good question. I'd say love, it was kind of like, I felt as the, I'm the only child as well. So it was kind of like catering to me. Like love is, you know, just to give me whatever I need. Um, as I grew up, my mum got into a relationship mm. and that was abusive. Mm. So then I guess I, I'm not really having a good understanding of man to woman love. Yeah. I'm seeing like my dad runs off. Yeah, yeah. This man comes in, abuses me and my mum. Yeah. How old were you when he joined your world? He came in, I'd probably say year seven. So I'm about 12, okay. 13. It was real quick as well. Um, I just remember this man being in. Mm. Like, don't quite remember knowing too much about him beforehand, but it was kind of like he came in, lived with us. And yeah, it was very, I remember the first time he put his hands or I saw him put hands on my mum. Yeah. The next day I come into the house and he's in the living room with my mum and mm-hmm. they're sitting down on the sofa and he's right next to her. And yeah. now as a man, I can look back and be like, okay, that's to control the situation. And he's apologizing. Mm-mm-mm. And he was like- um, What to you or to, to her? To me. Okay, like, cool. Like, um, sorry you had to see that, it won't happen again. So on and so mm. forth. Um, I'm gonna take you out and get you. I think he got me a Chelsea kit. Okay. So there was a gift that came along because it's guilt. Mm. So I'm like, okay, yeah, like, it's nothing, but continued, continued, continued. So up until you were 12, do you feel like mum kind of gave you a lot of time and energy and it was kind of overcompensating for the lack of presence of your pops? 100%, like, I was her only child, I was her everything, and she would do anything for me, mm. but it doesn't mean she could do everything for yeah, me. Yeah, 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 within um, her means, yeah. Yeah, so I just saw a woman trying to work as much as she could, yeah. provide as much as she could. So how would you describe your mum prior to her partner then when you were 12? Like, How would you describe her before he entered your life? Um, strong. Mm. Um, yeah, strength comes to mind, um, determined, um, focused, mm. loving, caring. I think when that man came in, looking back now, there was, I think he took took a bit of my mum's strength. I say, was there, was there a shift in in her? I think there was in guilt. Her energy. There was a lot of guilt. Okay. Um, I remember one day I woke up and I'm going to school, mm. and I hear arguing in the hallway, and I go out there and he's got my mum, like grabbing my mum. So I obviously go to defend my mum. Mm. He turns to me, grabs me up. And my mum says, just go to school, just go to school. So I go mm. to school, but if I'm at school and I've just witnessed that, I'm not focused. No, no. And then I came out and they'd both come to collect me from school. And then they sent me to my nan's. 
for a couple of days. Okay. And in my head, I'm thinking, I've not done nothing wrong. You feel like you're being punished? Yeah, why am I going mm. to Nans? I haven't done nothing wrong. I tried to defend my mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now looking back, I'm like, that was mum protecting me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come out, like, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'd say I'd say that took a lot of my mum's strength. How long were they together for? <sighs> Roughly. You know, this is the crazy thing. Going to therapy, yeah. Mm. My therapist said to me, and I didn't realise it till then, I always had this block. Year eight and nine mm. were like mental blocks for me. I can remember school, year 10. That's so mm-hmm. interesting. So you've chosen to like subconsciously oppress like a certain My therapist said, time. when you go through trauma, yeah. you naturally block it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in my head, I'm like, they yeah. couldn't have been together for more than 18 months. Okay. But they might have. You just don't know. I can't, can't remember. remember, no. That's interesting because um, I made a decision to leave my ex-husband mm. on the basis of how he behaved when we argued. And some of the argument turned to physical altercation on his end. I've never really spoken about it, but um, I had to make a conscious decision to end things because my son won't witness this and normalize that behavior and think it's acceptable. And I think a lot of people um, struggle with the idea of ending a relationship because of their children because they think actually it's better off to stay in the house, whether it's a stepfather or whoever, it's better to have a male role model in the house than to have no man at all. Um, and I think in my case, it was like, if this is what's happening now and my son's too, mm. what is he gonna think growing up if he sees mummy and daddy always in this energy? Or, you know, daddy can disrespect mummy like this, or he can put hands on her like this when he's when he's feeling the anger, but then apologize and cry. And like, it's genuine tears, genuine apologies, mm. but there's no change in the pattern. So it's just like, I had to pull the plug on the basis that I don't want my child to have to worry about trauma. I don't want my child to have to worry about, you know, going to therapy or becoming pent up or becoming a bully as a result of not being able to like comprehend what's happening at home. And then also facing the big world outside when he's still trying to figure out himself as a man or as a boy. Um, and I think uh, it's just sad that to see some women, like your your mum clearly pulled the plug eventually and realized yeah, yeah. it's not cool, but then there are women who will literally stay in that um, because it's better than being alone or it's better than, than doing this alone. You know what's crazy for me? Like I like analogies, right? So when mm. I think of that, I'm like, there's people out there that if they didn't have a job, they still wouldn't go to McDonald's and work. Mm. And you could say, well, at least it's a job. It's better to have a job than no job, right? But yeah. those same people won't take that mindset into relationships. Mm. They'll be like, you know what? I'll put up with this because it's better than having nothing. Yeah. And I just feel children are visual learners. That's one thing I realised. I'm a visual learner, especially as a child. So yeah. if you if you tell me, I'll probably forget. Yeah? Like, you know what, this this is a good relationship. This is what makes a good relationship. Tell me and I'm gonna forget. Mm-hmm. But if I see it, That's I'm it. gonna learn and remember. On level subconsciously and consciously. Exactly. 100%. So there's women that are staying in relationships not realizing your child is seeing this. Yeah. So they're learning and gonna remember this. Yeah. But there's also women that are refusing to get into relationships. So in my head, I'm like, you're then removing the opportunity for your child to visually learn. That's it. That's, I agree with you. Um, and it's hard because like you, you, you're you trying to find the balance and sometimes trauma can result in you either being super protective of your child and going, no one can go near my child. I'm not mm. a single man. I can't trust another human being. Or it can be, do you know what? I need to make sure I'm risk assessing, which is what I did moving forward to ensure the next person in my life who my son is exposed to 
is a true role model, not a father. He's got a father who's active in his life, but just someone who can truly help him take in the conscious and the subconscious learning. And I think it's um, it's a very difficult situation to be in, like when a woman has to leave or a man, because it's two way, two it's a two way street. Mm-hmm. Some women are extremely toxic and extremely violent. Um, and manipulative like there's the if you don't if you leave me i'll kill myself kind of energy and it's just like so it is difficult to separate it but sometimes you just have to think what is it like what is best for the children because they're the ones who have to but you can handle it as adults if me you're in a relationship and me and you are going to fight i know like Mm. who you are and i can handle it yeah yeah. but then it's the children who are going raw okay cool so like every time i hear a voice i gotta feel nervous and anxious every time this happens or or normalizing it where it's just like you know daddy calls her a b-word then that's just how we speak to women isn't it Mm, and you said they're normalizing it because as a child i don't think you quite understand but when you become an adult reflecting back you're like this is what's caused this Mm. and it can and that's one of the reasons why i went to therapy is because i didn't want to project my trauma onto my kids and i think so many people don't even realize in it but you're parenting from a place of trauma and you're projecting it onto your kids and there'll be men out there saying, what do you mean, I'm a great dad, I don't need to go therapy, I don't. And it's like, you're not realizing you're being the dad that you wanted, mm. not the dad your child needs. Yeah. So yeah, you might yeah. be a great dad, but you haven't tapped into what your child actually what needs. Their real needs are. You're tapping into your inner child. Yeah, it's interesting that you said this because that's one of the things I wanted to discuss with you is that a lot of parents that aren't getting it right, it's because they're coming from a place of trauma or the realities are as parents, we're freestyling, we're constant, not a single parent has a book or a manual. You can read all the books in the world, but when mm-hmm. it comes to really applying it to life and intricate individual human beings, different personalities, different requirements, like we're just constantly freestyling. We can we can take on board everyone's advice, yeah. um, but on top of that, you have your own trauma. Then you have potentially parents that you didn't realize were toxic raising you. There's so many different variables to why as parents, sometimes we fail to be together or fail to just um, focus on the children and and actually really understand the requirements of that child. Mm -hmm. I think men and women are so busy sometimes battling for position. (laughs) Yeah. Rather than realizing there's a beauty in the balance. Mm. Yeah. I shouldn't be able to do what you do. Not that I can't, but in the sense of you're bringing something to the table that I should respect Mm. and be like, you know what? That's her role and she does it amazingly. I need to compliment that. That's it. Yeah. And that's what we fail to do at times. It becomes like, no, I have to be up here and you should be submissive down here or there should be an element of that rather than let's balance each other. I always say like, we should be able to be submissive to each other in different manners. Like Mm -hmm. in a sense that you're, there's as a man, there's certain, like I'm old school, so I'm very traditional. Like by by default, I'm a nurturer, I'm a mother, I'm a wife. Like Mm. I had to work and I had to get promotion after promotion. I I don't, people assumed I was career driven. I'm like, I need to provide for my son. Mm. My son won't struggle. So for me, that was the only reason why mm. I woke up every morning and went to work and I pushed myself through one job after the other, jumping through hoops because my son will, will be okay by any means necessary. But I also understand that when it comes to raising children and it comes to being present in the household, parents should assert themselves in different roles and accept it rather than competing with each other. And I think we live in a time where women are trying to be a bit more superior than men or they try and talk down on men and vice versa. It's like a constant battle of egos. And it's just... You're not, you're not allowing yourself to thrive at your best potential because we're having these unnecessary wars with each other. Um, 
and I'm grateful to be in a relationship where my husband is constantly like pushing and trying to accommodate to to what I bring to the table mm. and like giving me kudos for what I do and I in, in return also continuously like praise him and and you know trying to acknowledge what he's doing and trying to ease his path and vice versa we're just a team do you know what I mean like where I'm falling short you're compensating on those days and vice versa it's not well you're here to cook so why aren't you cooking here but like Hebs man take it easy I got this and I'm just like ah this is refreshing but you said the word there team yeah and so many people I always think of like footballers right like every footballer doesn't need to get along with each other they're gonna have days where you know I can't stand him but I'm mm. still gonna pass him the ball mm-hmm. because I know what he can do and the aim of is for the team to win. So yeah, yeah. if I come away from this as a co-parent even, if I come away from this looking amazing, but my team has lost and they're struggling, counts what for nothing. What does it mean? Yeah. Counts for nothing. Not 100%. And then that's where you get singled out actually and targeted. So back to you. Um, growing up, obviously with your dad not present, did mm. you yearn for a father? Or did you sort of, was it kind of normalized, whether it's amongst your peers or your community or your society that single parenthood is a normal setup at home? I think when you're in it, and I always say this, right? There's there's two versions of you. There's the child that's in it, just thinking this is every day. Mm. So it, nothing seems abnormal because this is what I've always known. Mm. And then as you grow up, you might see friends' dads coming to get them and taking them somewhere or, or like, I don't know. When it came to, my my biggest thing is I always felt like you know, if my dad was around, he may have pushed me into football. Mm. And maybe I could have been like, mum was out working, doing this, doing that. I was going to holiday clubs. Mm. Yeah. And that was great. I loved holiday clubs. But I'm like, if there was a man there, mm. he may have said, no, nah, let's get you into a football team. Let's do this. Let's do that. But that's upon reflection as an adult. As a kid, I was like, I love my childhood in yeah. that sense. Yeah. 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 No, that's amazing. Um, it's interesting that you said that, like, if you had a dad, there's a possibility that he would have taken his football and or present father, sorry, mm. that he'll be able to do things with you. But then I can also say that there are present fathers who just pretty much exist. Like they don't have the desire to do it. And again, it's, it's they're probably dealing with their own issues and to the reason why they're not that motivated to push their child. But sometimes like we put a lot of weight on those titles and assume that, you know, if I have a dad, then he's suddenly gonna be this proactive human being. the best. Yeah, mm. but then but then there are people who go, well, my pop's here, he works, but that's it. And, you know, and, and again, I'm, I am not bashing men. Um, I'm very pro-men, I'm <laughs> very- Disclaim well. No, you but- Just but, go along the bottom, yeah. Yeah, yeah, honestly, like constant disclaimers, because <laughs> I'm the first person to speak and support women, support men when it comes to access. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about this later on where like, a hundred percent, you know, women are making it extremely hard for men and I'll be the first woman, the first person to tell a woman about herself mm. for that because the child is being punished as a result. 100%. So I'm not bashing men. Um, so growing up, did you have an idea of like what you wanted for yourself as far as like, obviously you're a teenager, you grew up in South London. Yeah, yeah, Croydon, Croydon. born and raised. All the way. <laughs> born and raised. I knew nothing chest, else. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. You guys never left the ends, man. <laughs> you, didn't even catch, you didn't even catch the trams at Wimbledon. No, like. it was, that was it. Everything. Wicked Centre. Everything. Yeah, yeah. I do. Westfields will never come, would it? It's That's a, done. It's a myth. Actually, it's funny. I bought a house like back, back then because I thought, oh, Westfields going to open up. 
future did you ever sort of think oh when i grow up i want to be like this yeah yeah, yeah. what was that um, my wife and kids oh they were my goals as well <laughs> oh my god i swear the energy the vibe everything the parenting i'm i'm like that, i can be as mean as them in a funny way that was that was it it was it was i always say if you don't see it in front of you you'll probably see it on tv that's it so mine was my wife and kids seeing um michael carl yeah play that role sick and being like you know what he's so funny um his wife compliments him they have fun together like but they're so disciplined as well yeah but they're a team yeah and you're yeah, like yeah. i wanna i would love to have been a kid in their house that's yeah it. So it was it was that it was even like everybody loves Raymond. Mm, mm, mm. It was family TV shows is what I thought. That's what I want when I'm older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't realistic, but that's what I because it's TV. So it's going to yeah, look yeah. a certain way. It's not necessarily going to show every aspect. I mean, it's still possible the way you parent your children. So like yeah. in that sense and and how you choose to deliver messages with them and how to build that bond and not being too like um too harsh on them or just too like some parents get the blurred line of like let me just be their friend it's just like girl, baby girl, you can't do that mm, not here for that <laughs> no not at all um unless i'm trying to finesse them I'm like yeah yeah i'm your friend tell me tell yeah, me your yeah, secrets yeah. Talk to me, talk to me, it's yeah. like mother trucker i'm your parent <laughs> you got caught slipping okay so um now you're a parent mm. uh how old were you when you first became a father revealing my age um i was 20 22 okay 22 yeah um, were you in a relationship with your mother of a child? Um, if you don't mind me asking. No, 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 that's cool. Um, I feel like, I always respect her in the sense of, I feel like we would both have different ways of looking at that. Yeah. Right? So for me, it was like, we were not in a good phase of our mm. relationship, right? Because um, I remember when she told me, we weren't really talking at the time. Okay. And then um, she told me on the phone because she wanted to speak to me, but I was like, we don't need to talk. Like, I don't need to come and see you. So then she ended up telling me over the phone and I was outside the gym and I didn't end up going to gym after you that. You turned, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like we, we'd been together for probably less than a year. Okay. And then she fell pregnant. And um, I think from there, it's two people, especially from my point of view, figuring out Yeah. Uh, how do we we have to make this work somehow yeah yeah and did you and did you think like your natural instincts uh, obviously with your dad being absent were you like okay cool we need to try and be together and make it work or let's how are we going to co-parent we wait originally mm. there was talk of are we going to have the child or not okay there was that course. kind of conversation yeah, 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 of and then when we decided okay we're, go we're going ahead with it it was then I think it was just a roller coaster telling parents, mm. then realizing, okay, we haven't got money to get our own place. Okay, so you're going to be at yours, I'm going to be at my mum's. Like, we'll and just figure. figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was never, in my head, I don't remember thinking, we're going to live together, it's going to be like this, it's going to be like this. It was just kind of like, how are we going to get through this struggle? Mm, fair enough. Um, 
and how did you like upon reflection obviously probably at the time you might feel different but do you feel that you were ready and mature to become a father because <laughs> no. 22 you think you're a big man no <laughs> i say everyone that age doesn't reflect you being Wisdom, an adult yeah, yeah, yeah. i always say like um experiences and mindset that mm. like you can have 40 year old men that aren't as mature as 100%. a 25 year old 100%. um for me i wanted a child young from when I was young. I just knew I want a child young because I craved a family unit. Mm. My family's so small. My mum, my nan, auntie, uncle, there's no real yeah, extended. extended family. My dad's side of the family, loads, but mm. I never got brought into that. Mm -mm -mm. So I was like, I always knew as I get older and my family start to fade away, mm. naturally, who's gonna be around me? Yeah. The family I create. You so create yeah, I want their kids, I want this, yeah, yeah, I want yeah. that. Um, but I wasn't ready at all financially, mentally, emotionally. Do you feel like financially you can truly be ready? Because like, we can, it's all good us saving like 20 bags to have a first child and your car breaks down or like, do you know what I mean? Like life is always life. I feel, you, I feel you can. I feel, I feel financially you can put yourself in a position mm. where, as a man, this is me talking as a man now, not mm. back then, but I would like, if I was with a partner now and she fell pregnant, I would not want finances to be a stress on her. Yeah. I'd want her to be to able to enjoy that, that pregnancy. Mm. That's my biggest regret, one of them anyway, is that I don't think my child's mum had the best pregnancy she could have had or deserved to have. And mm. that's her only child. Mm. There was arguing, there was ups and downs, there was stress. Some of it was money related. So knowing that I haven't got millions, but I've got enough to say, we'll get the prime you want, we'll do this, we'll mm. do that. You don't have to worry about anything. Mm. I wish I could have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess it's, it kind of comes with like not being prepared for it and neither yeah. of you were prepared for it. And I think there's a lot of people, even if they are prepared for it, there are a lot of um, obstacles along the way of the pregnancy. And I don't think it's often that a woman gets to experience that ideal pregnancy. Do you what know what I mean? Like, pregnancy? as in what you just described, which okay. is you know you're, you're able to just focus on how you're feeling, mm. um, the like getting your head around it, your body's changing, hormones are everywhere. Um, you're now like I start building anxieties of like if I have a boy, being raised in London, ah, the stress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I have yeah. a girl, ah, the stress. Like you mm. know, then as a mother, you're just all these things are running through Overthinking you. Thinking a lot. And you just want to feel that support from your spouse and that or your partner, and it doesn't have to be naturally just financially. It could just be being present and, and understanding that, all right, a lot's happening. I need to be patient with you. And I need to be like, even even really kind with you, but not in a sort of like, we're both milking the situation, but we're both trying to just read the room and accommodate. Read the room. Yeah. Yeah, it's being in tune. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. Um, so you have a second child. Yeah, Tyler. How old? He's nine now. So both of the boys are July babies. Sweet. Um, so Amari turns 16 this year and Tyler turns 10. Okay, so I'm assuming you mentioned only child, so a second parent. Um, wait, say that again. So you you mentioned that the mother of- Two children, two yeah, different women. two yeah. women. Okay, so did you ever envision that'll be you? That you would be someone who would have two mother of, I don't like to say baby mothers, two mother of children. <laughs> <laughs> Um, n not when I'm young, obviously knowing that the relationship didn't work out with mm. Amari's mum, okay, it's going gonna, gonna to happen, happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't intentional and I was, 
when I came to that realization, I was more upset because I felt like I'm becoming my dad. Mm. Like, ah, oh, damn. Like, yeah. He's got he's got two children. He's got children with different women. Yeah, yeah. I've got children with different. I didn't want this. Like, so now there's comparisons to him and feeling mm. like, oh, I flopped. Yeah, I think a lot of men who grow up with absent fathers, there's two different lanes they go. They either go through the lane of, um, I will not be anything like my father. I'll make sure I'm everything but my father mm. in a sense. So I'll have a family, I'll stand by them, I'll make it work. I'll be respectful to the mom. Da, 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 da. Mm. And then there's those who don't even reflect and take in the trauma they're going through and actually become their fathers subconsciously and continue that cycle. Mm. So growing up, were you just like, I will never be my dad? What did you hold that strong energy? My energy towards my father, father, even feels weird saying that, but my energy towards <laughs> him, yeah. If I see him, mm. which I haven't seen him for like eight years, mm. um, but if I see him, I call him by his name. Yeah. So I won't say dad or okay. anything like that. But my energy towards him strengthened more negatively as I became more of a man. Mm. Because then you're realizing that, oh. And I think reflecting back, I don't think what we re what we don't realize sometimes is that as men that don't support the mums, I think why I advocate it so much is men that don't support the mums, it can be to spite the mums sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, my aim is to make her suffer. Yeah. Because I don't like her, mm. yeah? And what you don't realize is your child is gonna see that suffering, yeah? If that woman's suffering financially or she's suffering mentally, the child's gonna witness that. And the child's gonna wanna stop that suffering. Mm. The child can't because it's a child. Yeah. So yeah. therefore what happens? Guilt. Mm. So when I look back now, I'm like, my thing is, it's the guilt of seeing what my mom had to go through and knowing, right, dad, like, you could have stopped that. Yeah. You could have you could have helped. Yeah, I think I think it's not just what you witness, it's also what you're feeling because I always say like if you've chosen to not pay and provide just because you can't, just because you don't want to, mm. in spite of, then the mum struggling fin financially can affect her mental well-being. Affecting her mental well-being, you're not allowing the mother to have the capacity to be the best best mother mm. because she her head's elsewhere or she's feeling low or feeling down or she's deflecting her energy on the child subconsciously because she's struggling. Yeah. So not just the child seeing mum sad or mum saying, I can't afford to buy you this. It's actually, how is that going to actually vibrate into how she's raising the child because she's carrying so much stress and strain that you're causing just for kicks. Mm. Like that, that to me is what I felt. So when my, when my ex-husband just stopped providing and he's just like, well, yeah, I'll give him like, you, you did a thing about this, like, I'll give him when he needs it. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> That's nice. Even to this day, like he'll just he'll he'll, he'll refrain from doing it, and um, you touched on this as well. And I think it's something you want to talk about when we when we come back on the second episode. Mm. But the whole I'm not gonna beg you for money vibe. Mm. So and it's not I'm not gonna beg you, nor am I gonna go to to get money from the socials. It's mm. if you don't see the importance of giving money, mm. why should I keep reminding you of how much your son needs money and how much it will help? me as well so for me i just reached a point where i'll remind him every now and then i'll send him like an explanation to why it's important to provide and how it will benefit Khalil, like my son mm. um but there comes a point where i'm never going to take you to court for it i'm never going to do this for it because it's just like why am i having to teach you and school you about things that should come very natural to you that's your pride though right 
it's not pride though, but I've ex- I've lowered my pride several times and said, yo, I need money for this. Your child's growing. He needs this, he needs that. Mm. But then there comes a point where you're either thick yeah. or you're extremely like resentful. And those two obstacles I cannot overcome. And for me to try and go to court and him like go, well, actually I can only afford this margin and realizing whatever, it's just long. I think if you know as well, that's gonna have a negative effect on you. That, that process is so draining, is tiring for something that you are entitled to and should be happening anyway. The reason why I don't understand people that do that, right, is because say you go to a club, mm. right, and everyone's putting 50 pounds in. Mm. You don't wanna just show up and be the only one not putting in because you'll feel like, nah, this, like, look what, what my, my guy ain't put in. Yeah. But you're okay to take your child, whenever you take your child, and get the compliments. Oh, you're, you're such a beautiful child, so looked after. Da, da, da. Oh yeah, yeah, thank you. Wait a minute, the, you the haven't Disneyland put in. Disneyland father. <laughs> yeah, you haven't put in on this. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. walking around, you're part of it, yeah. but you haven't put in. But some men will argue and say, well, at least I'm present. There's some fathers that aren't present at all. So maybe like that's enough to focus no, on. No, and that, that, that's, the, <laughs> that's the trigger for me. Yeah. Because my dad could say he was present-ish, yeah? And mm. that is, I saw him when I was nine. Didn't see him again until I was 16. Mm. Then there was like, probably like a six month period where he would randomly come and see me. So present-ish, right? Mm -mm -mm. But looking back now, my mum struggled. My mum was going through a lot to compensate for you not being there or not providing financially. Mm -mm -mm. So although to you, my presence is more important. That's a cop out. Yeah, that it should never yeah. fall. On so I'm guessing. One so I'm parent. guessing he never even secretly tried to provide for you. Like obviously he didn't want his family to be to put him on blast, or he didn't want to be put on blast to his family. My mum took my dad to child support. Mm. My dad was not on the system, mm. so he couldn't be traced. If you can't be traced, mm. therefore they can't they can't get anything out of you. So the only financial contribution my dad gave was yeah. when he would see me, here's 10 pounds, here's 20 pounds. Mm. No help towards my mum. When you saw your dad, sorry, no, cool. were you were you excited to see him? Cause that's your pops. No. Not even a small element of the inner child, just yearning for I reali- I realized what the relationship was. Mm. Like he got my number, he got my mobile number when I was about 16 and I get a call, that's your dad. Yeah. Right. All right, and then I started seeing him and I started to connect if I see you, I'm gonna get 10 pound, 20 pound. The mad thing is, I'll be honest, there were times when he would give me money, I'd give it to mum. Yeah. I'll just say, you know what mum, like, cause you can use that more than me. Yeah. Like, so if a child is realizing the money he's getting from his dad, he's gonna give straight to his mum, not because she's asked for it, yeah. because I wanna make sure we're good in the house. Dad's not focused on if we're good in the house. Dad's focused on if I've got money for trainers. I sweeten you a little sign. Yeah. yeah. So I just used to look at seeing dad as an opportunity to get money to help. Yeah, no, I feel you. That would be it. That's the only way you could have maneuvered through it to, to accept it as well, I yeah. guess. Um, yeah, I think a lot of parents fail to understand like if your child's thriving really well and doing so good, like we need to separate our feelings and just continue to provide financially, whatever it is you're feeling. Because if your child's being, like it's a, it's a lot of pressure to raise a child alone. And then having those constraints as well, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's just a very breaking pivotal point for a child. If they start 
becoming an adult too soon because they're becoming conscious of how mum's feeling. Yeah. How can I provide for mum? What can I do to help? The guilt, look, mum's feeling this way because of me and because, you know, yeah. he's a father of me. And it's just like, um, the, there are parts of when my son felt guilty and he'll say stuff like, oh, he, well, me and him are arguing because of my child. Mm. And he'll be like, mommy, like, I don't want you to be upset or I don't want you to this. I'm sorry that I said this to daddy or whatever. And I'm yeah. just like, hello, don't apologize. It's fine. But he just thinks because I'm the middle, I'm the common connect. The reason you're both there. Yeah. yeah, yeah then yeah. It, it must be all my fault. And that broke my heart. And, I'm, and that's when I kind of like swore to never do anything around my child ever again. Even mm. like we get caught slipping all the time because mm. we're human. But just hearing that guilt, I said, nah, my child's not going to grow up with that level of guilt and being that young. And that's your bottom line. Yeah. And that's one of the things I'm a big advocate for is people having bottom lines, but being aware of what they are. I think maybe before that happened, you didn't know where your bottom line was. Yeah, all the bottom line will just <laughs> keep getting moved. Yeah, you know what, my bottom, line, my bottom line is I'll never let anyone talk to me a certain way. They talk to you a certain way. You know what, my bottom line is I'll never let anyone hit me. It keeps getting pushed yeah. down. But at some point, it reaches somewhere where you're like, no, we can't go beyond this. Yeah, but not just that. Sometimes it goes the other way around, which is like, I now, as a result of being exposed to certain behaviours, I have this much lack of tolerance to a lot of things. And therefore, I don't tolerate a lot of things. And to me, it's a non, non-brainer. non Like for me, there's times where I'm like, conversation's over because I will not, I can see where this is going and my child will not be exposed to anything like this whatsoever. So do you think, one of the things I've struggled with in relationships, mm. um, as of late is I think some something can happen to me like once from the current partner but it's happened to me 20 times previously so in my head my current partner not that I'm in a relationship but my current partner's done it 21 times they haven't they've just done it once but it's a reminder it's a triggering I think mm. I think that's that's a very dangerous thing I think there are certain things so for example when I got to know people I would straight trying to figure out their their, their anger like whether they've been violent, whether they're this, that there's certain things that will give me insights to how they'll behave. But I think it's very, very unfair to tarnish someone because of their past, because of your past, because mm. they might have not even connected it in the way that the other person did it. So they might have done something, but with complete different intentions, mm. but you've received it in that way. And therefore you got your back against the wall going, nah, it's a write-off. It's a write-off because this reminds you of this. And Red that's flag. that, but that's part of healing. <laughs> And if you're not healing, then every single thing that re- remotely reminds you of either your your father, your mum, if you had a bad upbringing, hmm. or your ex-partner, you're just like, nah, I'm, I'm running. And I went through that phase of, nah, I'm good. On to the next, there's plenty of fish. But then I realized that actually some people are just learning you. And then they'll do certain I'm things like, hmm. that will be maybe triggering to you, but they're not aware it's triggering. It's maybe, like, like you said, people do a conflict differently and some people were raised in different households. So for example, my household's very loud. Like you got to have the loudest voice to be heard in a conversation because yeah, yeah. it's just happening. Other households, they're very quiet, even in like miscommunications and stuff. So when the next person comes in to this quiet energy and you're like, rah, 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 but you're just passionate. They're like, no, 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 what's going on here? Way, like, yeah. why are you being aggressive? It's like, no, no, I'm not being aggressive. It's just mm. how we speak. <laughs> so it's just like learning one another and taking time with it and just going, all right, cool. What are your intentions? Mm. And, and I guess sometimes intention isn't always everything because I can say I, my intention is to love you, but I'm being toxic with that love. But then sometimes it's just adapting and learning. And I think it's okay to like be thrown off, but not enough to to write it off. I think a big attractive quality for me is self-awareness. Mm. So someone without me having to say something, you've been aware 
oh, you know what? I could have dealt with that better. Like, they come to, you know what, I want to apologise because I didn't quite handle that the way I should. Wow, that's attractive to me. Because it's accountability as well and self-reflection. So many people lack that. and So many men and women, mm, like massively. Going to therapy opened my mind to so many things. And I think having that, like, it's okay to be wrong. It's genuinely okay. It doesn't I've mean it else. doesn't mean I'm, <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm weaker no. and you're stronger. Like it's okay for me to be wrong. And you know what? I'm gonna be better because of this L. Hundred percent. Mm. And that's how you got to see it. And I think it saddens me. Like to this day, I talk to people and they go, "Yeah, but what did they do?" Like when they try to justify their behavior, it's like, "Yeah, but mm. why did I react this way?" Well, and I'm like, just take a minute and just go. Do you know what? I could have done this better. No one's saying that both parties were wrong or right. But it comes a point where you got to go, okay, could I have dealt with this better? Could mm. I have taken a minute? Could I have switched scripts a little bit? Like change, we need to change a narrative. If something's not working, we can't just be like, oh, I'm a victim. And you know, it's because of this and this and this is why I behave in a certain manner. It's sometimes it's like, do you know what? Life has given me these cards, but am I going to continue down this av avenue of like self-destruction and pushing people away? Or am I going to G-check myself, reflect a little bit and go, okay, cool. I'm mindful that I'm very defensive or I'm mindful that, you know, when someone says something, I get triggered and, I, and it gives me a right to go off on one. Like, but then sadly, everyone's so self-entitled these days that we don't take a minute and go, I know by default I'm flawed. What is my flaw? What is a common theme amongst my peers that I'm going wrong in? This is why if I meet someone now, mm. I like to ask the question of, tell me something you've learned about yourself from your previous relationship. Yeah. Because a lot of the people, if I say, tell me about your previous relationship. Oh yeah, he was this, he was this. And it's like, okay, there's, you're not telling me anything about you. If I can hear from you, you know what? Like, I can be a bit of a hothead. Like, and I've realized that. And yeah. okay, cool. I'm more attracted to you, self-awareness, accountability. 100%. Like, you can work with that. Do you know why I ask people when I was getting to know them? I'll be like, oh, um, why did the relationship end? And then they'll be like, oh yeah. Da, da, da. I said, okay, so what would your partner say, your ex-partner say, mm -hmm. why it ended? And they're like, oh no, nah. they would say, I'm like, there we go. And it's just like, cause you're not willing to see what they're seeing. I said, oh, what would they say is like the worst thing about you? And I'll ask them from a different person perspective rather than what would you say is your flaw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're in your head already and you're already feel like if you're in a high horse, hence your pride and why it ended for obviously different reasons why things end. But when I ask them from a different perspective, they have to pause. And then they come with a different angle. And I'm like, all right, cool. Was there any truth in it? And then they'll be like, I guess so, yeah, but. And it's that but when I'm just resistance. like, mama trucker, just stop, just stop, <laughs> with a full stop. It's that constant resistance. Yeah, nah, for real. Um, how has like just going through and shifting yeah. between childhood to teenagehood to adult life, <laughs> suddenly becoming a parent, um, how has that, obviously you mentioned therapy. So how has that affected your mental wellbeing? and just like your growth as a man? I think therapy was something I should have had years ago. Yeah, my mum always wanted it for me mm. and I was resistant because in my head, like, we just get on with it. Mm. Like, you know, what's the point in talking about stuff that you can't change, yeah? yeah. Not realizing there's a major point in talking about it. and. I came out of a relationship this year in January and I was like, no, sorry, last year. Mm. And I was like, nah, I'm repeating patterns. Now I can see I'm repeating patterns. Why am I repeating patterns? Mm. I need to tap into this. So going to therapy allowed me to have a mirror. 
Like, let me look at myself. A raw mm. lens, yeah. What is, what is really going on here? What am I projecting? What am I not letting go of? What am I expecting that I shouldn't be expecting? Yeah. I'm expecting other people to fill the void that my dad should have filled. Mm. And they don't stand a chance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. we speak about um, love languages and stuff like that. Because my dad, my dad would say he's coming at six, sometimes never show up or come at 10. And I'm constantly being let down by his words, right? Mm. So if I'm in a relationship and that woman lets me down verbally somehow, you I go mad. You can't handle it. I can't it, handle yeah. it. I could, well, I couldn't handle it. And it was because you're reminding me of something I haven't dealt with. I'm carrying all of this from my dad. I'm bringing it along here. Mm. And now you're having to deal with it while I deal with it. But then it's also, so firstly, well done for having that mm. self-reflective moment and actually taking yourself to therapy because there's plenty of people, men and women, who are still burying their heads and going, no, no, it's cool, I'm going to just continue. And they've not allowed themselves to live to their full potential because they've not tried to unlearn things and how to rewire their brain. And that, that alone, rewiring, takes years. It's not like an overnight thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not addressing it full stop. It's just it's nonsensical for me because it's like you're never going to allow yourself to shift to shift perspective ever because mm. you're just stuck. Um, I think, but also it's hard as well because like I'm I take a lot of pride in like my timing and how I respect people's timing and stuff like that. So when someone lets me down time wise. I switch, I go mad. I'm like, I see it as you don't respect me. You don't respect my time. You don't value myself, but I'm like my own personal space. Mm -hmm. I take it to layers and they're just like, Hebs, like, it's not that deep. And they're just like, oh, I just was running late. I said, no, but I think it's very thoughtless, whatever, whatever. But now I'm like, right, is it deep? I don't know. <laughs> like, why do I take it? Cause to me, I just see it. Cause like, sometimes you are allowed to feel let down. And sometimes you are allowed to feel like, you know, I'm a person that sticks to my words mm -hmm. and you continuously let me down or you've let me down a couple of times, it's okay for you to also sometimes measure yourself against that person. Because if you're giving energy to a relationship mm. and they're not giving you the same energy back and they're being a bit like flaky about certain things, it's okay to have standards, no? Like yeah. it shouldn't necessarily always mean like it's digged. I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that are rooted to childhood, but I feel like sometimes like we shouldn't justify or make ourselves feel like- Less. Yeah, for wanting more. Because it's, you're not asking for more than what you're already giving out yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I think where, where I've struggled is I've always reacted to my emotions rather than processing them. So you reacted first? I've always been a reactor. Yeah. Okay. I, fe I felt a certain way I reacted. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't kind of like acknowledging, wait a minute, why do I feel this way? Yeah, and like, I think that's important. What am, I, what am I doing to contribute to this feeling? Mm. And it, a lot of the time it was with me feeling that people should just get it. Yeah. Yeah, that person should just know. Yeah, I think that's the hardest thing to do is understand that people just won't get it. And that's true. Like I, just because you think in a certain manner doesn't mean that everyone else is set up like you. Mm. And you can be so deep in your thoughts and they're so like, like surface level. So you can't expect someone to begin to comprehend your thought process. So take, imagine taking that into co-parenting. Well, I was going to ask you, how, mm. how has co-parenting been, especially with two different parents and two different styles? Two different worlds. <laughs> <laughs> two different mm -hmm. worlds. Um, because I think Tyler's mum, my youngest mum, benefited from the mistakes I made with Amari's mum. As a man growing, I was, I think, 22 when I had Amari. 
29, 28, 29 mm-hmm. when I had Tyler. But I would say me even being the man I am, into, until I got into my early 30s, I was still a boy. Mm. And I think a lot of people need to accept that. Even though you're 28, 29, some of us are still boys. Like, you're still evolving. Haven't grown up, haven't mm. understood. And it's not until I got to like 32, 33, I was like, I feel like I know myself a bit more now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah um, co-parenting with Amari's mum, got nothing but respect and love for her, by the way. Of course. Um, but she probably put up with a lot more um, of a controlling type of co-parent. Mm. So I I was fighting p- for position, like, you know what? Um, this is how it should be. You need to listen to me. Um, trying to control money, trying to control who she was around. And- So you were the idiot guy? Yeah. Like, I remember, the one that you talk I, about now. <laughs> I was that guy. I remember driving to her um, ends because I couldn't get hold of her. And I was mm. just out, out in the car, just feeling like some man's around my child. Like, yeah. all of this, and I've said, but I think I gave you a quote and it was, overthinking is the art of creating problems. That's for the next episode, sir. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he did not say nothing. No, I'm joking. But yeah, um, but, but we'll go, because I actually want to speak about that, because like, obviously mm. there are men who go, there's no way a child can be around, like my man, a man can be around my child. Like that mentality, the ego kicking in, it's mm. just like, whoa. Um, but yeah, so, so I guess, Ultimately, there's been a lot of growth from first child to second child. There's been acceptance. Yeah. Acceptance that your, what you do doesn't affect my role. Mm. What I do affects my role. I, I am in control of what type of father I am, not you. See, with your, obviously with your first child, you're 22, yeah. right? Um, did, you, did you then kind of want to overly control it, stemming back to the issues you had with your dad? Um, it was more fear, right? Fear of, I guess it's just fear of not being, I'm not in control. Like I can't, what do I do here? Like I can't control that like, when I see my kids, I can't control anything. It's in your hands. Like, mm. in, and I think there's a frustration that comes along with that. Yeah, like, yeah. You can pretty much tell me when I'm gonna see my child. Mm. Like, I don't know where you're going with my child. And did you feel that? Did you feel like there was a level of control from their side at some point? Obviously, early stages of teething, naturally we have emotions heightened. Mm. Was there moments where you literally were told, no, you're not gonna see him today? Because of how you maybe spoke to her and behaved towards her? I don't her. think I was ever, I feel like, I feel like what I wanted was unrealistic. Mm. So therefore I could use the card and I have, I think I did use the card. You're stopping me from seeing, and I said this to Amari, there were times when I wanted to see him, but it would be unrealistic and random times. If I'm calling you on a Wednesday, I want to see my child today and you've got plans. Yeah. Oh, you're stopping me from seeing my child. Yeah. She's not. Yeah. What was I thinking really? Yeah. That I'm creating an unrealistic environment and I'm expecting you to bow down to my knees yeah. because I'm his father. Yeah. Doesn't work like That's that. That's interesting because I, I'm with my with my ex, I, I, I'm down for 100% contact at any time. Like you can see your child at any time in life. Mm. But there's also T's and C's, which is firstly, like you could say Heb's like, is he free today? And I'm like, yeah, come pull up, that's fine. Mm. But if you want to switch up everything and then I'm saying no, also you're trying to say, I can't see my child then. Mm. You're trying to say, I can't see my child then. Or if they've been very disrespectful and quite aggressive and angry and hot headed, that you, 
can't be in my child's environment right now. Mm. Like you need to chill. So what you're trying to say, I can't see my child. Or like his car's broken down. Mm. Broken down. <laughs> and then he's like, um, can you drop him off to me? So I can't keep going back and forth because financially, A, he's not providing. Secondly, like it's petrol's a real thing right now. Mm -hmm. And then if I say I can't do like the full stretch all the time, can you jump on a tube or whatever? Oh, I told you I don't have a car. So you're trying to say, I can't see my child then. And I'm like, you have access to your child. That's not an issue. It's the fact that you're not willing to catch other means or borrow your mate's car mm -hmm. or walk, to, you know, catch yeah, yeah, a bus, yeah. catch a train, do whatever you want to do. Or say, Hebs, I'll meet you halfway. You're going, well, if you don't do this, then you'll stop me from seeing my child. And I'm like, but when have I ever told you you can't see your child unless it seemed completely impossible or I didn't think it was safe for my child to be in your energy, not because you're gonna hurt him, mm. but because you're so irate right now that he doesn't deceive, he doesn't deserve to see that version of you right now. So you need to calm down, mm. <laughs> figure yourself out and then come, you know, come check for your son because my son thrives for you. Like he yearns mm. for you, he thrives off you for some reason, I can't, figure it out but mm. if it works it works <laughs> but there'll come a point where I have to think about my child's well-being and I, I just always told myself don't react to the fact that he goes well you can't what you I can't see my child so mm -hmm. I just feel like literally going ape-ish on him and go are you right is everything good at home yeah. like <laughs> there's layers to that though because a that line is a line to make you feel guilty 100%. and a lot of a lot of mums fear being accused of that so as soon as it's used oh, i can use this card to get what i want so we'll use that card but it's a guilt card the layers to that are if you're at a, if you're working yeah and you call up your boss and say you know what i haven't got a car they're still gonna expect you to get in somehow get train get bus whatever that you can't turn around to your job and say you know what my car or the buses have stopped all right get a tram get a train whatever yeah. but yet we will use the line of, now nah, can you can you drop the child to me? My, Amari's mum, probably, and we're talking he's almost 16, mm. maybe a handful of times has done a drive to, to my mum's. She won't drive to mine. Like, it's always been on me to pick up Amari, drop him back. There was times when me and his mum had conflict. Mm. And she said, you can now collect him from my mum's. Yeah. Change the location. Yeah. I was like, but this makes no sense. I'm driving by yours to go to your mum's. Yeah. Your mum's is another couple of minutes up the road. Yeah, yeah. It but I guess it's better than you can't see your child. Yeah, it, it, to me, it didn't make sense. Yeah. But the one thing I didn't do is say, well, I'm not doing it then. Then you're stopping me from seeing my child. Yeah, yeah my, my, if my son's mm. location moves 10 minutes, I go an extra 10 minutes to get my son. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to not see my child because you've moved the goalposts. Do you know what's mad? Because like, my ex-husband is the, the total opposite of my husband. My husband's got a daughter, same age as my son, mm. both eight years old, and he does both ways. And it's not because she's put it on him. Yeah. He's like, it's my duty. If I can if I can take that weight off her mm. and I can get my ass from A to B, and that location changes all the time because they're gonna do a motive, the kids are gonna go somewhere. Mm. So he's like, okay, it goes from being like Victoria to like um, somewhere in East London to somewhere in like towards Reading. He's just, he doesn't mind. He's like, to me, it's like, it's my duty, I'm, I'm the parent, like, yeah. I'm also a parent. And I just thought, like, whereas the other person, it's, it's like complete, I'm battling for like reason, reasonable, reasonable, like, and it's just like, he's just like, yeah, nah, that's cool. My and children live an hour apart from each other. Mm. Like they've both moved over the course of 
left and right. So I live closer to Tyler. Mm. But for me to leave mine, get to Tyler, we're talking 15 minutes. Me to then have Tyler, go get a Mari, we're talking an hour. Mm. Then me to get a Mari, get back to mine. You've already caught like a good three we're hours. Like, we're day. talking two and a half, three hours of my day spent driving. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I have to do. How have you found your schedule? Like trying to find a balance between seeing both boys together so that they get to build their bond? That to me was something that was the most important thing for mm. me because my dad never blended families. So my sisters don't class me as their brother. Mm. Right? Um, and I think that's been something I haven't quite understood. Like mm. I'm not to blame. Mm. Yeah? 100%, yeah. Like to me, like I will look at you lot as my sisters. I will class it. If you don't believe I'm your brother, cool. So be it. Cool. Yeah. But I was always like, okay, two children, two different women. Where my dad failed was not bringing us together. Mm. These kids don't look at each other as half anything. They're they're brothers. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. if I've got one, I'll do my best to get the other. But I'm also mindful of the importance of individual time. Okay. Because my children need different things from me. Mm. I've got a 15 year old. I've got a nine year old. My 15 year old. Yeah. Can we go gym, dad? Go on. Yeah, Go on. He's, on, he's on like- You got him signed young. On, he wants to go gym, he's got a girlfriend yeah. now. Okay. So it's a different world. Yeah, Whereas yeah, my yeah. nine year old wants to play Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Monopoly. And so let Go me on. make sure I bring them together, but also they get to know dad on an individual level. That's nice. Cause then also it means that you're not having to always sync their schedules with the mothers because mm -hmm. obviously they have their own separate lives and their own schedules. So it's it's cool that you can be flexible in that sense and you yeah. don't feel guilty by seeing one on one day. And But there's beauty in seeing them individually. They know when they're to. seeing each other. Mm -hmm. So they know every other weekend. That's it, that's their yeah. time. But I'll collect Tyler from school on mm. certain days. I'll get Amari and take him to the gym, speak to them on the phone. Like they, yeah. they know me on an individual level, which is good. That's cool. Okay, a couple more questions and we've got a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, what's been your um, hardest and realest moment of um, being a parent? Um, knowing that Tyler was going to have a stepdad. Mm. I think that... Because I think... <laughs> I don't think I've said this before, but when, when they got together, mm. in my head, I was like, oh, it won't last. <laughs> it won't last, it's fine. It's fine, like everyone, like we, we move God on, but, <laughs> but it, it won't last. And it wasn't anything to spite her. Mm. It was just me just having that mindset. Like, mm. And then everything moved quite quickly. And I met him and he was a cool guy. And then, yeah, I found out that they got engaged. And I wasn't told, I think my mum, my mum knew before me mm. and I was like well, okay but they won't get married like <laughs> then, they, then they got then they got married and mm. it's it was little things like Tyler slipped up and said that and called me Bradley before which is his stepdad's name Ooh. so he said Brad um, I mean I mean dad mm. um, and it's humbled me and I think I've grown so much from him having a stepdad mm. to know that his happiness is the most important. And it's humbling because you're like, you know what? There's a man over there that loves my son. Mm. Yeah. That is with my son more than me. Yeah. And I can look at that man and know he will do anything for my son. That's it. Yeah. And I just, I respect that. And 
back in the day, it was like, no man will be around my child. Now I look at it as like, that really man that has been a it. blessing to my child. 100%. Like to know that I wasn't living in the house with his mum, but now there's a man living in the house with his mum that's respectable, that cares for my child, that shows love to the mum. They've got their own family now. It's been a blessing, but we, we become so resistant to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can see the wisdom behind it. Like mm. um, I, when I was getting married, um, people were like, have you told him? I'm like, of course he's gonna know. Like, I, I need him to meet my my husband. Mm. Like, there's like to me, I always think when you're integrating a new person into a child's life, they need to see that face. Like, they need to meet them. In, like, this is my point of view yeah, at yeah, least. Yeah. And they're like, what? I'll just get married and do what I want. Like, they can to hell. Like, mm. well, how's it relevant? And I'm like, because how would I feel? knowing that my ex-husband's now with a girlfriend or a wife or whatever. And I don't know who she is. I don't know her energy. Mm. I don't know who this person is, how she's going to raise my, my son. Um, instead, I'll be speculating all these like, oh, she could just be any da 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 da. Yeah. Like, is she going to be abusive to my child? Is she going to be like, whatever, what are her manners? What are her foundations? What is everything? Like, what is my son going to be picking up from her? So for me, I would love to know who that person is when it that when the time comes. Mm -hmm. And therefore, respectfully, I'll reciprocate the energy. So as soon as I knew this was my person, mm. I was like, you guys need to meet because I never want him to be like, oh yeah, your boyfriend or da, da, da. Yeah. I'm not actually husband, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but like, I want you to see who's going to be looking after your child from the majority of the time when you're not there. Mm. Who what energy he's picking up on, what the you know, the face, the name, the the vibe you're picking up for yourself rather than based on what I'm trying to sell you because I could be all like blinded love and all yeah, that yeah, stupidness. Yeah, yeah. But he got to meet him. He wasn't resistant then. Initially he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, when I'm ready, in it. And I'm like, I want you to meet now. Mm. Like not as in today now, yeah. but sooner rather than later. So you can get your mind put your mind at rest knowing that you're not putting all these hypotheticals in your heads, you're not creating scenarios that don't exist, yeah. but actually, do you know what, you've got peace of mind, or you can say, Hebs, I'm not feeling the energy for whatever reason, I will address it at the time. Had your son been involved at that point? So my son got involved towards the end, so it's very, I'm very particular of who my son sees. My son's not met a single man, yeah. besides my ex-husband, mm. and one other guy who he met twice on a play date, yeah, yeah. and didn't know who this man was to me. He was just one of my, because he's met other male friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never signified, but in, in that time, it was one intention to as a potential person and that's it. So when he, before I can tell him about um, my husband, the kids had to meet first. Because okay. for me, it's like, how are they gonna vibe? It's all good us getting on great as, as partners, but then what if the kids don't vibe? So I wanted to pick up the energy first on a play date. Okay. And then from there, where I realized, okay, this is cool. It ended up with the, can we have a sleepover? I'm oh, like, them ones, yes. yeah, okay. I'm like, we've got this one in the Tick. bag, yeah. we're good. <laughs> so next person, the ex-husband. So then I just said, like, meet up. And then it happened unintentionally, but you can see like his, his back was against the wall, but he was trying to be polite. Mm -hmm. So he was just like, yeah, 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 good to see you, big man. I'm like, brethren, <laughs> who are you calling big man? <laughs> like, but it's it's a defense and yeah, you can yeah. see like, he wanted to be nice and receiving, but at the same time, he's like trying to size him up and see who mm -hmm. this person is. But he met him on a few occasions because I, I was selling the house and we were doing whatever. So he had to meet him in crossovers and it was pure love. And mm -hmm. then now, He'll call to speak to my son. I'll be like, oh, they're just praying together or they're just doing homework together. Yeah. And they haven't, like my, my husband and my son have a, an incredible relationship. Like, like he's always like doing, they pray together, they um, learn together, like English, maths, um, even Arabic language. Like there's so much he invests in him. Mm. And he's just like, cause I can see his potential. Like he will start jujitsu together, like everything. And he's just like, 
he's an incredible role model not a father <laughs> he's a role model mm. but you can never have enough male role models for men That's in particular mm. and for women to see what love looks like you, the first person that you see is the man in your household and how they show love and how they they and how you receive their love will demonstrate and, and set the presidency to how you then set the bar for yourself 100%. so i feel like him them meeting each other was such a pivotal point and i couldn't let it go and i'm just like i'm not trying to force it but like i just want you to because i know the yeah. minute you meet him you'll get peace of mind because you once you remove it like, yeah, yeah yeah and once you remove your ego like we know what the ego is going to come in place and you're going to be too prideful and you're going to be like nah or he's cool he's all right but then eventually time will show mm. um but there was guilt for my son where he kind of felt guilty that he loved off this man who is my husband, but then he also loves his dad. And he, to him, it's like, oh, the two men, am I, I then am choose. I then having to choose mm. between like people? And I'm like, no, and he's like, so is daddy always gonna be daddy? I'm like, daddy will forever be daddy. Mm. <laughs> and when mm. Uncle Ansu is just Uncle Ansu. And mm. that's that. And then that's how he's embraced it. And he's absolutely 100% comfortable with it. See, I love that. Um, final question, what's your proudest moment so far as a parent? I don't think I've been asked that one. Um, Listen, I'm here to ask these questions. You know what? Um, Getting my own place. Like, no help from no one. Like, I know that my dad, I remember seeing my dad like nine years ago and him telling me, yeah, I'm gonna sell my place to give money to your sister to help her get her place. And I'm thinking, who's that? You're telling your son that you mm. left, you're gonna provide money to his sister to help. And it was something that I just thought, how am I gonna get it? How am I gonna get my own place? But knowing that I got my place on my own, no help from no one, the kids have their room. That's amazing. They got their bunk beds, they got their Xbox, they got that. That's it. And it's like, I felt like I've done something and I know that that place will be their place when they're older. So I'm like, I've, I've done something that I never thought I'd be able to do. That's it. That's nice. It's nice to have a home, like a settled home where you know it's not your mum's pace or someone else's pace and you can actually just make it in great detail what they want and their comfort level when they step in. Like even like to what's in the fridge. Like it's just small things that you can get ready. And, and you see your children differently. I think living with my mum and getting my kids and coming to my mum's, I wasn't parenting. Like it's easy to be like, yeah, I've got my kids for the weekend. Yeah, but... Mum, just gonna Mom's go gym. Your yeah, mum, I'm just gonna go gym, or mum, I'm just gonna go meet my boys. Like, and the kids would look at mum as the parent. Yeah? yeah, yeah. To then know that when we're at my flat and it's just me and my kids, it's, more full it's, on. it's me. Like, I'm I'm cleaning the house, I'm tidying it, I'm doing this, I'm making sure everyone's ready. That to me, I'm parenting. Yeah, because you're also leading by example. They're like mm. they're watching you do these things and they probably want to get involved because they probably like absolutely respect and worship you mm. so they're just like he's getting involved he's not too school for hoovering and boy but it's I gotta e do the same <laughs> it's easy for you to play the role of fun dad when mm. you've got other people around you yeah when i'm at my flat i'm boring dad I'm, yeah, oh dad's cooking dad. he's doing this <laughs> he's doing that like yeah and it shouldn't ever look one parent shouldn't be classed as the fun one Nah, it's jarring, not I gonna think, lie. I think your children should be able to look at both of you and be like... There are different dynamics though, that's that's facts. Do you know what I mean? Even if they live together. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna be like, okay, mum's a bit more lenient or whatever. But I just think it shouldn't be looked at as, 
yeah, dad's just meant to come, get me, have fun with me, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, drop and me mom's, back. Mom's and mum's looked strong, at yeah, yeah. as, yeah. Yeah, like, no, for real, for real. So, yeah. All right, well, um, thank you so much for being here. We've got a part two. We've got a part two. Now this has been amazing. Thank you. I'm grateful you came. I'm grateful that you finally looked at your flipping in DMs. The end, in the end. <laughs> I was late though. So when you was talking about it being a trigger for you, I was like, oh, I allow it. I was late. No, it's cool. Yeah. I thought, you know what? You came from the sticks and you needed a visa to get yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, like you yeah. got to step. Like, it's cool, man. Did you pay for the services and the toll charges and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> um, for those who don't know who you are, which I very highly doubt that's the case, um, can you let people know where to find you, um, your socials, etc.? Um, Instagram, TikTok, Raising Boys underscore to men, YouTube as well. Um, I've got a few things planned, but follow me on those platforms for now. Wicked. Thank you so Thank much. You I appreciate you. Mm. And we'll, we'll see you in a second. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. You are watching, listening to uh, Growing Up Brit-ish. I am Mama Hebs, a.k.a. I am Hebs on Instagram and growingupbritish.h. Also on Instagram, I'm Mama Hebs on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and also TikTok. Oh, yeah. I've reached 10,000. Shout out to Aladdin for being my 10,000 follower. I felt like I, I kind of begged it, but I didn't ask you, you did it. So I appreciate you. Um, and I had a million views the other day. So yeah. shout out to that as well. Um, please subscribe, support the cause so I can continue doing what I'm doing. And I appreciate you all. All right. Peace out. Grownish, smartish, British. We are British. Apparently.